I'm Kevin Coleman at the boys underscore 22. I'm Jeff Ballot for whom J Bell tolls. And I'm Christian Williams at C Williams NFL. And this is the Debbie Royale. <laughs> I do this day in and day out. Oh. All night long. Yeah. This is all I think about. This is all I care about. Y'all all I care about. Let's go, man. It's here. We televised. So you know we got to show out. Yeah. They told the jump. So you know we gotta put in the sleep. Yeah. Let's go, man. Let's go. go play. Let's go. We do this every day. We work too hard. Day in and day, like I told y'all. They'll do what we do. They'll do what we do. They never know what we did. Welcome to another episode of the Debbie Royale. Tonight, we're going to be picking some Week 9 games, and the games get a lot better this week, so we should be good there. We're going to look at some stars and sleepers uh, for this weekend's games, and no surprise, Jeff's talking about a Buckeye, of course. But before that, let's dive into some college football news. And big news around the – I think the really the news centers around the college football playoff race. We're getting into it, boys. Like, we're close. Week 9, we're going to start seeing this. I believe next week is when they – is that the playoff rankings come out? I believe it is. I think we're right there. It's always around Halloween. So I think next week we're very due. So we're due finally to see kind of how these, how it's going to piss everybody off. And I always like that. Uh, So let's look at, you know, some of the guys. So, you know, let's look at Cincinnati. Cincinnati right now undefeated, as we know, going into the year. The biggest win, I guess, is Notre Dame, 24 13. After that, you know, I don't see anything huge on their resume with what they've beaten. UCF is definitely. Not what they are. Navy, they won by seven. Not a great game last week. Uh, now on the on the board left, they got at Tulane versus Tulsa. Tulsa, Tulsa. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, at South Florida versus SMU, which is a big game, and then at East Carolina. So, Jeff, what is your outlook for Cincinnati right now? Number two in the country. Do you think that – what do you think the playoff committee is going to do with these guys anyway? Well, I'm, I think I'm on the same wavelength as Christian. I think that they're going to be much closer to number five than number two when the playoff committee rankings come out. You know, we saw they won, they beat Notre Dame. And I think that's one of the things that we've asked these teams to do, these group of five teams to do, is to go into a supposedly power program. I think you, it's fair to question whether Notre Dame qualifies as that, especially this year. But, you know, they're still humming along. They've only lost one game. If we get to the end of the year and this is an 11-1 Notre Dame team, that, that they're going to be a top 10 team. And so Cincinnati will have that that win on their resume. SMU, they need SMU to win. They desperately need SMU to win. They need that to be a battle of, is that the last game of the year, I think? or uh, Second to last. They, Second to last. So they need that to be a battle of 10 and 0 teams that, you know, one of the things that na- the nation will circle and have their eyes on. They need that so, so bad. I think that you look at you look at Ohio State, we'll talk about them later, and I think that Iowa losing hurt them potentially in their resume. But Cincinnati can't lose that data point as opposed to some of these other teams that could. The one thing that Cincinnati does have with them, if Georgia runs the table and Georgia looks as impressive as they looked throughout the season, the committee would have to look back at that Cincinnati game last year, the Sugar Bowl last year, they they have never done that in the past. They've treated every single season as its own season, its own encapsulation. But going toe-to-toe with Georgia in that game and potentially showing that they could have pulled it out, that is an interesting data point that, along with the Notre Dame win, would put them in a position that we've never seen a G5 team before. Now I think it's fair to wonder if they need a fair bit of help from some of the other teams losing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the caveat here is the playoff committee has told us what they're going to do in these situations in the past. Uh, we saw it last year. I could have made an argument. I still can make an argument that last year's Cincinnati team is every bit as good as this year's, if not better, um, just based on how they played 
Georgia last year, as you mentioned, versus how they've played those big teams this year. And yes, they have won those games, but none of the teams that they've played thus far have been to the caliber of the Georgia team from last year. The reason I say that the playoff committee has told us what they they would do is they built in the eye test, like metric, essentially. Like they basically have said, if we put Ohio State on the field against Cincinnati, do we think Ohio State could win? It's going to be a resounding yes. If you watch what Ohio State's doing, and, and we'll get to them here in a second, but I think that's the problem because that's the if if Alabama wins in the SEC championship game and that means that Georgia's only loss is to a playoff team. Georgia gets one, of course, but you're putting in Oklahoma, assuming they run the table, you're putting in Georgia, you're putting in Alabama and that fourth team. And the reason we need an expanded playoff is the big 10 champion. Uh, I think we know that people will make an argument that if Oregon runs the table, they have the quality win over Ohio state. That's not going to matter when all is said and done because of how many quality wins Ohio state's going to have. I just I feel like it's going to be a very very tall task for Cincinnati to get there, and it's nothing they could have prevented, and that's what sucks about this playoff format. Makes me sad for those kids. Yeah, I. So with Cincinnati, like we can we all agree Notre Dame's trash. Like, can we as a as a as a as a show like they they haven't really played anybody. They beat Florida State in overtime. They beat Purdue's bad, a Wisconsin team that was awful, as we've seen. And they, you know, they in that fourth quarter, we saw that. So, you know, they beat Virginia Tech. Yeah, that was okay win. USC, we know, is bad. North Carolina hasn't been as good. Then they go Navy, who's awful. Virginia, Georgia Tech, Stanford. Like, so how much do we take into, like, yeah, Cincinnati beat Notre Dame, but will they look at Notre Dame and, like, see their strength of schedule and what they've seen and maybe kind of – will they ding them for that too? If they're 11 and one, no, it's, and that's the reality of, I I just think that we've seen this before. And I think that when, if they were to go 11 and one, the close wins get ignored. I, I I can go back a couple of years ago when Oklahoma should have lost to army, like army had Oklahoma on the ropes. And it was one of those years that I think Oklahoma had a lot, a loss and Ohio state had a loss and they went with, they went with Oklahoma over Ohio state and they kind of, they treated that army game as a quality win because army ended up like number 24. And it was like, you're going to completely ignore that this playoff team that you're going to put in here was losing to army late in the game. And you're going to turn around and call it a quality win because they've got a rank next to their name. So if Notre Dame is 11 and one, they're going to have that seven or eight next to their name. And they're just going to pound that we beat the eighth team in the nation. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it works. Okay. Really, really quickly, I, I think that's funny because we talk about giving context to situations, but even a college football playoff committee lacks the nuance to kind of incorporate that context and just kind of looks at the face value stuff. I think that's 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 a pretty interesting thing. In well, my- so if we're going through these guys, you guys tell me who you think would win if they played, Cincinnati or Alabama? Alabama. Alabama. Okay. Uh, Cincinnati, Oklahoma. Closer, but Oklahoma. It's got to be Oklahoma, right? Yeah. I, I know Jeff Oklahoma, hates Oklahoma. But. <laughs> you know, but we, I don't know. It's one of those that, yeah, we, we question about Notre Dame, about how they've looked. And Oklahoma's the same thing. But at the end of the day, they've won. And so it's yeah. one of those that, yeah, you, we would love to. They should be blowing these teams out by four or five touchdowns, but they win. And it's like they even win. Kansas should have beat them. They still won. And it's just one of those that. <laughs> A win is a win, I think, in some regards. We just have never seen – I don't know. The day that it comes when we've got a 12-0 Oklahoma that hasn't beat a ranked team and every win was by a single digit and they're going to go with another team. And and even Cincinnati, the, the Navy game, I mean, that wasn't impressive. Like that – you know, they had the, they recovered the onside kick. They're down by seven and they throw an interception the first play and then it's game over and they had them on the ropes. And so it's one of these that not only they're not, they're not blowing teams out and Cincinnati's not built to blow teams out. They're in that, they're in the mold where, you know, fickle is a disciple of Jim Trestle. I think to a good extent, he's developed a lot 
you know, being with Urban Meyer, being with other coaches, that's some of that's rubbed off. But Cincinnati's not one of these programs that goes out here and hang 63 on teams. It's, you know, they, they do the little things. They win with defense. They win with special teams and they have enough offense. And yeah, they can have some big days, but it's not firing up the engine going weekly. Okay. Well, I wasn't done yet, but you just took this. You, you took a roll. But okay. What about, okay. So what about Cincinnati, Ohio State? We pick Ohio State, right? Yeah. Easily. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Michigan. Who do you think wins this game? Michigan. I think Michigan right now. Okay. And then we can keep going. I mean, Ole Miss, I think, would beat Cincinnati, right? That'd be close. That'd be interesting. That's, that's a tough one. That might be the, okay. the line for me. At ten, yeah, I think like, so. so you think, you know. I'm, I'm not sold on that defense at all. I just, you know, as much that's as we fine. like Matt Coral, I'm just not sold. Okay, no, that's fine. I just think when you look at Cincinnati, and I don't have Desmond Ritter as my QB one. I know some people out there do. Uh, Bleacher Report, right, Christian? I saw that today. Yes. Uh, I saw some things that I, I don't see it with him. Like I just, you watch him play in that Navy game. You really think he can be the number one quarterback taken in the NFL draft? Like. I don't know what we're looking at when we when we're evaluating prospects. But hey, what do I know? Two two Adwell got a second round draft grade. All right, so Ohio State. What do we what are we doing with this damn team? I don't even know why you want to talk about this team. Uh, you know, they after that Oregon loss, which wasn't that bad. I know I I hate them, but it wasn't that bad of a loss. Uh, you know, they come back and they look very good. Stroud has looked amazing. Now what people are talking about is being QB two behind Bryce. What do we? So they have a big game this weekend against Penn State, which I think they're going to kill Penn State Nebraska Purdue and they they ended with the Michigan schools um they got to win out right Jeff yeah I mean there's no margin for error at all they do have to win out it sets up very nice for them though if they do yeah. win out because you know what whatever happens with Michigan State they kind of they needed what hap is happening to Penn State to kind of happen to one of these teams where just one of these teams just piles on these losses and so if Michigan State and Michigan are both able to beat Penn State then it gets to a point where like Michigan state's a 10 and two team, Michigan's an 11 and one team. And you're, you've got these resume builders as opposed to they're all just kind of clipping each other off and they all end up at nine and three. So that sets up well, the Iowa upset to Purdue wasn't ideal because, you know, you'd love to have that 13th data point where you're walking into the big 10 championship game. And Iowa is a paper number three and you just can bum rush them and, and, you know, leave that good impression in your mouth. I, I do think they're at the point though where they've shown enough over the last month. If they continue to play like they've played, they're going to make the playoff. I I have to believe. Yeah, yeah they're the number two team in the nation right now, in my opinion. Yeah. I just like their 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 offense is unstoppable. It's what we thought it was going to be from the jump. Obviously, Stroud had that injury, and and that's why it wasn't. Uh, I think we do know that now because he's decisive. The throw he made. I I lost my shit when I saw the throw he made, the layered throw into pretty much a triple coverage, tight window, gorgeous throw. Uh, one of the better collegiate throws I've seen in a while, and I know it was just like a 20-yard gain, but that's the type of stuff we're seeing out of Stroud now, and I think that's significant. I think it's going to be significant in the eyes of the playoff committee. I would not be shocked if, with the first rankings, they do put Ohio State at two because – I don't know how you can argue that even this, like, well, you definitely can't argue that the Cincinnati team would beat them, in my opinion. I don't know how you can argue that Bama could beat this version of Ohio State. I know this hurts, Kevin, so I'm sorry. Um, I, I'm sorry that that's the, the route this conversation has gone. I just, I think they have the best shot to take down Georgia in the playoff as well, so... Yeah, just real quick, you look at them and you look at the team that lost to Oregon. So Travion Henderson has stepped forward as the primary ball carrier. That wasn't the case in the Oregon game. They were still splitting between Mayan Williams and Master Teague. The offensive line has really come together. Greg Studuara was out with COVID protocols. I, I think he got, I don't even know if it's COVID, if it's something else was going on. He missed a couple of weeks at the beginning of the season. That offensive line didn't look anything like they look now. And then they switched around play calling duties on defense and they 
elevated Matt Barnes to defensive coordinator, they're playing much different scheme on defense. They're blitzing guys before they, they weren't doing that before every, before everything was cover one or cover three, they were sitting back and allowing teams to pick them apart. Now they're blitzing. They have the defensive backs that have are facing the quarterback. Now I think they're third in the nation, I believe in turnover since they made that switch. And I think they're first in defensive touchdowns since they made that switch. It's a completely different team. Yeah, it is. I was going to bring that up with Henderson. I mean, he's that good. And so he transforms that offense a little bit, especially even in the receiving game. Like he has that ability also. So like, I like what I see out of him. I did want to give a shout out to myself here. Cause this is what I'm about. Uh, Jackson Smith, the Jigba is the second leading receiver on Ohio state, which that was my hot take before the beginning of the year. And I got some shit from Mr. Debbie Kane. And I would like, you to know, that it's close. A lot of right there. I know a lot of scored more touchdowns, but uh, you know, he's Jackson Smith's legit and he's going to be their wide receiver one next year. And you're going to see kind of his talent there with Stroud. Uh, but I, I can't hate on this team. They are who they are. I like Mayan Williams in that backup role. I really wish they'd stop giving the ball to master Tig though. Um, I don't, I, I don't know about that, but I, like you said, the defense against Indiana, they held them 128 total yards, 48 on the ground. Recorded five sacks, 14 tackles for loss. You saw what they did there. Like, they're moving. They're playing a lot better. We were making fun of their linebackers, but I think that they've, bet, they've been more consistent. They they just have hit that groove, and you know what? But you got they got to win out, and they can't have one of those games where they, they, they fall apart and it's close. Like, they're going to kill Penn State. So I'm not worried about Penn State. The game I guess I'd be more concerned about was Michigan State, uh, depending on how Kenneth Walker plays. Uh, but I still think they beat out. I don't see them losing to any team on the schedule, even Michigan. I'll, I'll be honest. Unless JJ was starting. If JJ was starting, we would have a chance. But if Cade McNamara is back there, we're not beating Ohio State. Yeah, that's it's yeah. unfortunate. I do want to mention as the last last point here, the the thing that separates the Buckeyes for a lot of teams for me is they can lose players at almost every position, yeah. the same way that Alabama could. And they won't have a huge drop off if, say, Olave goes down. Ebuka steps right into that role and is very successful. That kid is going to be a stud. He might be the best of this group that's there. He's just young and not on the field yet. <clears throat> that's the stuff that separates great teams from good teams. I think they're a great team right now. They are, unfortunately. But look, <laughs> you know, I have a preseason bet of them winning the title, so I, I can win some money. All right, so let's mm -hmm. go to Oregon. Uh, Oregon, uh, you know, do they have a path or seventh in the country? Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like they beat UCLA by three California. They lost that tough loss to Stanford in overtime, which looks like just a terrible loss at this point on the schedule left. They got Colorado, Washington, Washington state, Utah, Oregon state. And to be honest, it's Utah, right? I think that's the, the big one on there. They should win those other games, but I, I don't see how they have any chance with Brown as their quarterback. So like, I, as I, we talked about that before the season started, Anthony Brown's a liability. He's a problem. Uh, and so I just don't see it. I know he plays good at spurts, but I, I don't know. I think that Utah game is, is scary there. And I even think if they went out, they're not getting in, are they? No. They need help. They need a lot of, a lot help. of help and a lot of, you know, they potentially have outside of Texas A&M, they potentially have the best win right now in college football, they do yeah. have the best win in college football is reality. And and that's kind of the, the tiebreaker there. They still need help because they've, they've not looked impressive. And so it's going to be one of those things. And, and just like I said, I think the committee can easily tell themselves that Ohio state's got more top wins, Ohio state. This is an Ohio state team. That's different than the team that lost to Oregon. I mean, I don't know. It, you know, I talked about it at the time that there was some very questionable calls ha that happened in the fourth quarter of that game. So to act like Oregon clearly looked like the better team on the same field, that's a questionable take. And especially not considering what we've seen out of Ohio state lately. So yeah, they, they need, again, it's one of those that I think that they need Alabama to lose to Georgia. I think that they would need, they probably need Ohio state, the, right off the big 10 winner because whoever wins the big 10, they're going to make it in. If Alabama loses, they probably need Clemson. Or they probably need Cincinnati to get upset. And then we can start to talk about them. Maybe Oklahoma getting upset, but yeah, they need a lot of help. Yeah. They're not that good. Um, I, you know, maybe CJ Verdell really is a first round talent because since he went down with that injury, they haven't, 
they haven't been impressive. They should have lost to UCLA. If Dorian Thompson Robinson doesn't get hurt in that game, they lose in my opinion. Um, I, I mean, I don't even know that that you, you can't say that it's a fact because you don't know what would have happened, but also he's not throwing that pick uh, at the end of the game there. So I think that when you mix all of that, we talk about how the committee built that in for themselves. So they have an out and they can justify things with, well, with what we've seen on the field, we rank them lower. This is a team kind of opposite of what I feel about Ohio state. They might be seventh right now when that first playoff ranking comes out. I don't think they're going to be that high because outside of the Ohio state game, they just haven't been impressive to me really at all. I mean, in the games leading up to that Ohio state game, you could kind of see the the blueprint, but that was what the first game because they didn't play week zero. So, uh, so yeah, it's just, it's not, it's not a team that I even would, if I'm an Oregon fan, I'm a little sad that that's how it played out. I also think it's product of the PAC 12. I don't think the PAC 12 is going to really get the benefit of the doubt ever in this playoff format. So so what happens if, let's say, for scenario comes down to Oregon, Ohio State? You think they take Ohio State? Yep. If if considering how Ohio State, if Ohio State looks like they've looked over the past month through the end of the season, they rack up two, three. Uh, so Iowa, Michigan State, Michigan are all I top get it. ten teams I right get it. now. You you yeah. it sets up perfectly for they look clearly better running the table against top 10 teams to end the season. It's going to be hard to keep them out because, and it's just that history too. And that's and hard, they, man. But isn't it, that head to head? Like that's one know, of those it things. Is. Where, it is very hard, but if I was a Ducks fan, that... I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. Well, sure. I'd be like, Wait a minute. We beat that team. And now, but we see it all the time, but we beat that team at Ohio state. That's something where they were at, you know, Columbus, they were there. I know it's well, a different well, target. I get it. And I, don't, so, I mean, okay. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. There he is. <laughs> there he is. Salty Buckeye did, did out they here. Beat this team, though? If you put them on the field right now with this team right now, are you taking no. them to even stay no. within no. two touchdowns? But, yeah. but that's mean, not the argument, is it? I mean, I guess it is kind of the argument, but if I look at it from a, the exact, you know, that's exactly what happened. And it's the same thing as 2014 when they lost to Virginia Tech the second game of the season. And you're comparing them it. to TCU, and you're like, well, it. we they've got more athletes. The reality is they've got more guys going to the NFL. And that's what that's goes it. down to a lot of They've got okay. more five-star and they've got more not. guys going to the NFL. <laughs> and that's where it ends up in these things. That's, that I is know. where the committee goes. And It's it's also money. I mean, are, yeah, it's sure. Money. Is it cool to see it Thibodeau play in the playoff, or is it cooler to see C.J. Stroud, who could, you know, could be the number one overall pick? Not how I project it, but still a lot of football to be played for him. So I think they'd want to see that team over. And that's the harsh reality is that they they will consider that. They will consider their ratings, and that's I get upset. it. I just wanted to be that guy. I don't think they went out, though. I don't think they went out. But the other thing, in this pandemic climate, you got to be a little bit concerned about who's going to travel to the games, too. And you know that Ohio State's going to be bringing the biggest contingent outside of – I think Alabama's traveled decent before in the past, but they're going to be bringing people – is, did we we just got like Ohio stupid? Is that what you're telling me? Like that they, they, they don't mind traveling. The pandemic's over for Ohio. Is that what you're saying out here yep. in the pod? Come you on, Ohio over. State. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yep. All right, just want to check. I, I mean, hey, <laughs> Fresno's the same way. I just went to the Fresno State game. There was like twenty five thousand people there. There were no one masks on. Like there was one hundred twenty thousand going to be in the shoe apparently or something like that <laughs> yeah. on Saturday. So yeah. I get it. I get it. All right, let's move on because I cannot talk about Ohio State again. I don't even know why I brought him up. Uh, Wake Forest. Okay, so Wake Forest. I don't even know why Jeff put him on here. This is Jeff's team. I guess we could let Jeff talk about this. Uh, they they could go undefeated though. They they play Duke. North Carolina, NC State, at Clemson, at Boston College. So there is there are some games right there. They just gave up 56 points to Army. Uh, they won 70 to 56, though. So, hey, you know, I think the over-under on that was 52, by the way. So they, they shot past that. Uh, what do we think about Wake Forest here? 13th in the country. Obviously, the guys there are playing pretty well. Sam Hartman has over 2,000 yards. Jakari Robinson, I think it's Jakari. Uh, you're going to talk about him later. Like, what do we think about these guys? This is probably a waste of time, but it's just, it just an, an interesting thought exercise of like if they're 13 and 0 ACC champions, but they haven't beat anybody like what happens? Like it just, you know, it's kind of one of those things where they've it would be wild to shut out in a conference undefeated 13 and 0 team 
But if they have don't have a quality win on their resume, if, if Pitt's the best win and Pitt is at two losses ends up at number 17 or something like that, you know, what's going to happen? I, I find it interesting, though, because that's exactly what we do with Clemson. But it is exactly what we do with Clemson. And then, you know, outside of officiated officials helping out, Clemson has proven the last couple of years that they're not up to the task to be on those. And, you know, fortunately, they played some of those teams that could beat them this year. You know, is is what we're seeing all that different than what we've seen in the past at Clemson get into these big games. And they they just don't stand up toe to toe to toe anymore once you don't have old Trevor back there. Yeah, well, and that's we'll go back to the last point. The marketability of putting Trevor Lawrence in the playoff is a lot better than Sam Hartman, who I am going to be writing about in the primer this week because he has been impressive and he's a redshirt COVID sophomore. Uh, so he has like eight years of eligibility left. And I think we could be looking at an NFL quarterback uh, when all is said and done. And that's that I don't think that the college football playoff committee or even college football casual fans have really come around to that. It's been kind of at the forefront of some people's minds. Jakari Robinson is an NFL player. Uh, I gave him a draftable grade last year, even though he wasn't that good. I, th- I would have taken a day three shot on him personally, you know, in my GM experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, this Wake Forest team. It, the other part that is kind of interesting, and, and like Jeff said, it's a thought exercise, but the next five, those are all teams we thought were going to be good, right? So Boston College, Clemson, UNC, maybe not Duke. Uh, I thought NC State was going to be a little better than they've been. Um, but either way, like those are teams that were highly regarded at the beginning of the season. So do they consider it if they run the table, depending on how – how well they look, I guess. That's also important. So. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. Probably not. I, I I just don't I, – I don't know. Like, if they go undefeated, I, I you have to think they're going to lose a couple games in there. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Clemson's a dumpster fire. Let's talk about Clemson. That's, that's fun. Uh, Clemson, dumpster fire, headline. All right, so what are we going to do here? Now, what I'm going to do is I want to bring up five points. You guys take it wherever you guys like. We'll start with Christian here. But I'm going to bring up five things that they got to think about right now. DJU, not very good right now. Mechanics, immobility. They have a five-star quarterback, Cade Klubnik, come in, who I think is a pretty good prospect. I actually like them. I, I talked about him in the offseason about it. So potentially we could be looking at maybe a QB battle there. The wide receivers have been Awful. Dropped too many passes, not physical enough. Uh, Nagata seems, you know, he's been the best player, but not very good. Uh, Justin Ross is not there. They don't really have 50-50 ball guys. I don't see a lot of separation there. I really wish they'd give Bo Collins more of a run, and I think that they should. The transfer portal issue is also, like, they've lost a lot of kids to transfers. And also, one point I read today in an article, they talked about how Dabo doesn't like to over-recruit, so he doesn't get more recruits than he absolutely needs to. So, unlike Alabama, who just says, hey, we got 30 scholarships, we're going to give 30 scholarships out. Dabo hasn't done that. So, what's happened the last three years is he's missed on some guys, and some guys have left, and there's not a lot of depth in that roster. Like, I'm pretty sure Kirk Herbstreet's son's still on that team or somebody. One of those guys out there just catching passes. You can't have that. Like, that doesn't work in this this era. Uh, Conservative play calling. Obviously, Elliott's not going to be that guy there in the perception. So what is the biggest question mark with this Clemson squad, Christian? (sighs) I think it starts with the quarterback, unfortunately. I know we talk about quarterbacks, and I obviously like to talk about them more than most people. But, yeah, I mean, we didn't expect DJU to be this bad, and he's bad. Like, it's not even, oh, there are some salvageable things. No, he's just straight up bad. He got benched. And I don't – yeah, he, he did get benched this last week. And I wouldn't be shocked if he gets benched a in, in couple more times this year because yeah. he he's not doing it. But like you said, so I guess – the context would be that these receivers are playing like crap too. Uh, Justin Ross cost them the NC state game. I, I in my opinion, for not going up for that yeah. football, um, you know, Nagata has been okay, but these aren't guys that I would be excited about with their NFL prospects. And that's not things that we've said about Clemson wide receivers for a long, long time. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I think that the depth issue is going to compound with the quarterback issue. And I think that Clemson's in uh, my, my scenario. Does Dabo make it out of this rough patch? Because I think this is a multi-year fix. 
Jeff, do you think he he comes out alive? Do you think he jumps ship? I think that this is a there there's been a lot of smoke around the Clemson program and specifically Dabo and things that you know there were the steroid scandal there's questions about um there's been questions about booster benefit there's been different stories around Dabo and I think Dabo is a he's one of those guys that if he's winning you know the the old charm of old Dabo might might work for you a little bit but if he's losing you get tired of that real quick if you're an alumni and so I wonder if it's the type of thing of things that have gotten ignored for a long time kind of start to bubble up from the surface. Elite blue chip programs don't have years like this. I, I mean, bottom line, full stop, because you really look at it and they're they're lucky to be four and three. They're lucky to be four and three because they could have lost that Georgia Tech game. They could have lost that Syracuse game and they could have lost that Boston College game. And we could be sitting here talking about a one and six Clemson team and Programs don't have years like that. It almost makes me wonder if this is just Clemson that we, you know, remember the phrase Clemsoning and and thinking that you got a pretty good team and you turn around and you lose a game that you shouldn't. In a way, when they had Deshaun Watson playing quarterback and then that rolled right into Trevor Lawrence playing quarterback. And it almost makes me question if this is the same program that we've just seen like before those two guys came and they just lucked into two historic phenomenal talents at the most important position. And, and maybe it's just the type of thing that maybe the overall talent isn't quite exactly what we thought yeah. with the program being a, a blue chip program, like we kind of expected. And they were just writing two of the best quarterback prospects that have come along over the last 10 years in, in a hot stretch. It, it, it does strike me as, Obviously, we're concerned about DJ Uyangalele. He's not performing like was was expected coming out of high school. But it's also one of those that is the buzz. Is he kind of blown up because he's going to be Clemson's next guy, ne- the next guy in Trevor Lawrence, and he's productive in high school. I think that we've seen guys like him struggle in the past where in high school they're going up against guys that they are they out physical and it's just – it's hard for a high schooler to tackle this dude because how big he is. And and he's going to look phenomenal on a high school field. And when he's flinging balls around against outmatched teams, you know, that looks great. And he's going to be going to Clemson. He's going to replace Trevor Lawrence. He's the next anointed King. And then when we arrives, he's just not that good. It's, it's interesting because I think you make a great point about does Dabo make it out because how many years of this is Clemson boosters going to tolerate if they're two or three years, we start to hear similar to coach. O, more stories start to come out of things that got ignored in the past. And little old Clemson is losing a little bit of charm there with old Dabo and, and he's looking elsewhere or they're looking elsewhere. And, and so it's, it's an interesting scenario, kind of a crossroads at the program right now. I, I want to push back on one point there. The The point would be DJ Uyunglele was good last year. Like was. throw for 400 yards against Notre Dame. Good. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I don't, I, I would need to go back and really, really study and see what the actual issues are because it, it, a lot of these games have been on him and maybe it was just the small sample size. He was just flung into a Trevor Lawrence offense and, the offense is the same though. So I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it is the, you're the heir to what people call a generational prospect and maybe you can't handle that, but I don't know. Yeah. My biggest thing was, I think it's, uh, I think it's on Tony Elliott. Elliott. I don't think he makes it out of this. I think they're going to have to move on and stuff. I, I think DJ's biggest problem, he hasn't looked great, but I don't think they've done enough around him. I think that running back room was weak too. Like I think Shipley's good, but you know, relying on freshman running backs, unless it's a Travion Henderson type talent well, Shipley's not, he's not in that category yet. Uh, I do think that they struggled there. I think their lack of receivers, I think they recruited bad there. I don't think that they've had that, the talent available there. So I think it's a combination of everything kind of hit. And I think it just kind of crumbled. I still believe in DJ. He's not as bad as like people are making him out to be. He's got to improve though. So this is a big summer for him. Like it's in that category, like his talent, what he can be. Um, But like I said, they have a true lack of talent on that roster. And, and Dabo, we've talked about him, you know, the, the good old boy like press conference stuff and like the just the kind of 
he seems aloof, like kind of sometimes when he's talking, like he doesn't understand, like, like the NIL thing, remember? Oh, these kids shouldn't be paid, blah, blah, blah. Like th- that stuff that like, you can't really say anymore. Like, I think he was right moment, right time, two great quarterbacks. And now can he rebuild this thing? And, and that is an interesting conversation. Okay. And I don't see Saban dying down at all, but there's always that talk about Dabo replacing Saban in Alabama. Uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of years and, and what could happen. Saban's getting older. Uh, I don't know if he would go there based on this, what he's going to be doing in the next couple of years, rebuilding that Clemson program. But I think I still believe in DJ. I still think that he can turn it around. Like I'm not out on him all the way. Um, we're not talking about a kid that's forgot how to play like him and Bryce. That was a legitimate thing in high school. Like those two guys were neck and neck all year. Like you can't tell me that that just gone all of a sudden. I think lack of confidence scheme is bad. And have you seen any, any adjustments from that offensive coordinator in terms of like play calling and stuff? There's not, there's really, when you watch him, you're like, what the hell is going on? You expect something different. I just don't see it. And I hope that they, I, I truly think if they get Bo Collins more involved in that offense, it'd be a lot better. Yeah, it, it sucks that they lost a kid like Demarcus Bowman that could yeah. provide sparks. I know I've mentioned that on this show before, but Bowman's not even getting used at Florida, so maybe he has larger issues, uh, which I, he's not a refined runner, but he's an athlete. And Clemson needs just explosive playmakers at this point, and they don't have any. Yeah, and it, they're not, it's not like they're losing to Alabama and Georgia every week and Florida and, and they're losing to they lost to Pitt and they they're losing to they should have lost to Boston College and they should have lost to Georgia. Yeah, you're Tech. Right. You know, yeah, it's it's one of those true. that if they're running against an SEC schedule and, and they had lost to Ole Miss and LSU and Florida, I feel like we'd look at them a little bit differently. But I and it just does feel like the coaches feel like they should out talent whoever's across the field and they're just showing up saying, Okay, let's throw the ball out there. We got more talent. Let's go out win and win. Yeah, no, I'm hey, you're right. Let's uh let's move on. Uh I don't know if you guys want to talk about Oklahoma. We kinda already mentioned them a we little bit. We kinda already talked about that. We we yeah. talked about them there. Let's go to games of the week. Let's talk about this. Ohio State versus Penn State. I don't see this being a huge game of the week, but uh you you can you can talk about it, Jeff, since that's your it's your squad. It always makes me nervous because I'm I I don't believe in James Franklin and I don't know that anybody should really believe in James Franklin especially after he gives a press conference and he's talking about playing Illinois in the big house. So, you know, I think that there's some fair to raise some red flags there. It kind of seems like he's he maybe might be looking at real estate in LA or you know, he's a little bit checked out on this year especially after the loss to Illinois last year. It does seem that Penn State always plays up to this game and Ohio State kind of allows them to hang around a little bit more than what you would really think talent wise. And I think that um, historically, I mean, watch for it, but historically the big 10 officials kind of make this game a little bit closer than what it, you think it should be on paper. So that is one thing to keep your eye out for. Cause I, you know, there's been years with chase young has not been able to move because he's got three guys bear hugging him and not a flag comes out. So we've seen it before. Um, Talent wise, Penn State's got a great defense, and so this is going to be a real test on C.J. Stroud, whether or not he's really made the steps forward that we wanted to see. Certainly, we know the wide receivers are going to be there. We know Travion Henderson's going to be there, the offensive line. It really falls on Stroud, and if Stroud is dealing, he's just going to – Penn State can't keep up, and that's the reality of the situation. Hey, can I say one thing real quick? If USC hires James Franklin, you guys deserve to be stuck in mediocrity for the rest of your lives. That is the dumbest hire they can make, right? Can we agree that, like, why would you take him? Because you're going to get Penn State at USC. They're not going to win big games. They're not going to recruit the right guys. And I don't see how that's an upgrade over Helton. You might as well freaking kept Helton. He's the same guy. Like, don't go James Franklin. And don't go Jeff Fisher. That better be (laughs) fake. Because if you That's very fake. You suck if you draft, but if you're even considering James Franklin, you suck too. That guy's not gonna. That's the, not a USC coach. I don't care how cool he looks. I don't care about any of that crap. He is not gonna get USC program back. I'm sorry, I had to talk about that. And he's gonna get his ass kicked this weekend. So, and I, you know what? As much as I hate Ohio State, I hate James Franklin more. So <laughs> I, I, I don't hate that. Um, let's go to Michigan, Michigan State. I'm gonna be writing about this game uh, hopefully tonight if I get my shit together. You know, to me, you know, when I'm looking at this game, it scares the hell out of me. It's really, can we stop Kenneth Walker? And what is our offense really going to do? And can uh, McNamara be more than the game manager? And I'm going to tell you right now, when they bring J.J. McCarthy in, everybody knows they're going to run a read option. So I know that. 
everybody knows. And they don't even run like an RPO. It's just a straight read option. Give them a chance to throw the ball. Like I just, it's killing me inside the Washington Wolverines guys. I am. I, I know they're undefeated, which is great, but they're fake undefeated right now. Like it's a very soft seven and oh, I believe that's what they're at. And it's soft. Like it, it it's soft right now, but I do think they can win this game. I, I think it's going to be close. To me, it just comes down to can our offense do enough through the through the air? They're gonna have to pass the ball, and I just wish they would let JJ throw a little bit. I, Harbaugh is so conservative. This is how we lose games, and I think it's gonna come down to that. I will say, I know JJ is a better option, but there have been a, a certain few flashes where I say, McNamara can can throw the ball a little bit. You know, I think had he not lost Ronnie Bell early on i think we might see a different version of him because i think that would have been his favorite target and that would have unlocked the the passing game a little bit more but uh i think he can do enough um i think you you got to rely on quorum in this game uh yeah which i think this is a tough game to rely on quorum uh because i think michigan state kind of has the recipe to maybe slow him down a bit so I don't know. Uh, I think this is this is probably the game of the week, in my opinion, because I think it's going to stay close, and that's exciting, especially after the week of uh, both college football and NFL games. It was just not great football all weekend, so I'm excited for this one. Doesn't this feel like one of those that it's 13 to 10 in the fourth quarter and then something weird happens? It just just has that vibe <laughs> coming into this game because the you've I, seen it before with these teams. It's just, I'm not saying it's going to go against Michigan. I just, one of those that something weird is going to happen. I effing hate Michigan State. I hate them. I hate everything. Their colors are ass. Their mascot is overrated as shit. Their fans are obnoxious. And I'm going to tell you right now, if we lose, I'm not talking on Twitter for like three days. I can't handle this team. I hate everything about this team. I would argue that I hate Michigan State more than I hate. Michigan State to me is like the Eagles to the Cowboys. Like I hate that. I just hate that thing. Like Because they're overrated as hell. Even when they had the dude that almost had a heart attack, D'Antonio, they still sucked. Like, And I don't want to hear it Like from these guys. Get out of here with that. I, I don't want to lose this weekend. I just I can't I lose feel- them. I expect Ohio State. I don't expect Michigan State. And ever since that damn punt in like three years ago where we should have won, I can't get it out of my head. Like App State, Michigan. I just I just want to beat them because Mel Tucker has a punchable face. I don't know if anybody has noticed that lately. Like he has a punchable face with that fucking cigar. Like I just punch him like that. I'm just – I as you can tell, I'm a little wild up about this game. I really don't want to lose to Michigan State. But all right, let's talk about Georgia, Florida. Or Christian, go ahead. I was just going to say really quick, green's my favorite color. And my high school, so my high school mascot was a Spartan. So oh, I'm I t- sorry. I- <laughs> it's okay. It was different colors for, for my high school. So okay. it was Michigan colors actually. So yeah, yeah. that's bad. All right. Just a side. Why, why don't you talk about Georgia, Florida, Christian? What do you, what do you think of this game? Yeah, Dan Mullen. Right. I, I, you know, I, I wish this was going to be a close game. I wish this was going to be a good game even, uh, but Dan Mullen is just hell bent on shooting himself in the foot before the game even kicks off. And that's the unfortunate part. This Georgia defense is as elite as I have seen uh, in my football memory. You know, I, I mentioned that this might be the best defense since the early 2000 uh, Hurricanes teams. I There's a shout out, Brett. I said a good thing about Miami. Um, uh, he wanted me to do that, but. Uh, yeah, I think this team is probably better. And I don't, maybe I don't remember how good those Miami teams were, but it's just, I I feel bad because everyone's going to say, oh, this is the week that Georgia might have to score points. No, it's not. No, it's not. Not with Dan Mullen out there making bad decisions quarterback wise and offensive wise. You know, it's just, it's, it's Dan Mullen. That's all I have on this one. Yeah. Anthony Richardson should transfer like right now, like just, leave three weeks ago it's it's dan you're an idiot i i don't know how you don't play him like i just think you know he's the most talented guy you're already out of it anyway it doesn't matter uh you might as well roll with him there uh emory jones is not the answer but yeah anyway all right let's go to the sportsbook rundown we're running out of time here uh we're gonna go over this christian will get us started christian had a great week last week i did uh this was the first week i actually had like 
winning record, I'm pretty sure. Or in the, I'm building actually. So the last couple of weeks, I was four and three and one, I believe, the, the week before. Uh, so I went six and one. Uh, you guys both came four. So I actually overtook you in the C long standings. <laughs> However, I am still behind Jeff by six whole games. Jeff is leading 33, 27, and one on here. Uh, the first game we're going to talk about this week is the Ohio State-Penn State game. Ohio State, 18.5 point road favorites. Kevin, you're going to go first here. Yeah, that's a lot of points for on the road, uh, but I'm still I'm still sticking with Ohio State. Yeah, I, I, I just know how these games usually go, and it's closer than what you think. But after what we saw last week against Illinois and the way that you – know, James Franklin seems checked out. I think Ohio State puts it on him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Ohio State as well here. Man, I should take Penn State so we don't jinx Ohio State in this. No, no, let's keep it. I, I like that. Let's uh, all, all Ohio State. That's a good call. Pretty like that. Uh all right. Next one is Michigan. They are four and a half one favorites. Uh going to Michigan State this weekend. I will go first on this one. I'm picking Michigan State, and I'm picking Michigan to win this football game, but I think it's going to be by a field goal. And and so I'll, I'll take the points with Michigan State. I think Michigan is the better football team, but I think, like I said, I think Michigan State has kind of the recipe to slow down the offense enough to where they keep it close. But lose. Shout out, Michigan. Jeff, you're next. I'm going to take Michigan. I think that they're going to cover the four and a half. So. Oh. Whoa. I'm thinking Michigan in this game. I, you know, we talk about Michigan being fake undefeated team. I think Michigan State is a little bit too. So I don't like this. I don't like this. You should not take Michigan. This is this is not going to work. I'm taking Michigan because I always pick Michigan, and I've been right every time this year. Uh, but I don't like that you took Michigan. I feel like there's some reverse stinking going on in this 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 category. I also I'm like trying to make that pe- people will realize <laughs> one day on Twitter. How much reverse jinxing I do during games and every tweet that I I get dunked on because I'm trying to get things wrong on purpose because I want it to go the other way. <laughs> One day we'll Twitter's fun. Saw your account though. Um Georgia, 14 point road favorites uh going to Florida this weekend. We just talked about this game. Jeff, you go first. I think Georgia's going to cover the 14, you know, rivalry game, but Florida just seems ripe to get pounded. Yeah. Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Shout out to Dan Mullen. Great guy, I'm sure. Uh, all right. Ole Miss at Auburn. Auburn's two and a half point favorites in this game. We had a private conversation about a certain quarterback uh, that we won't make public. However, he plays in this game. Uh, I hope that you can guess who it is. Kevin, you're going to go first on this one, though. After that, uh, you take an Ole Miss or Auburn. I'm taking Ole Miss still in this game. If Krause is healthy, it seems like he's going to be there. I, I, I do think it's going to be close to me, think. I just – Auburn's playing well. Like, I'll give Auburn credit. Like, they, they battle back from what they were going to be this season. It's going to be close. I could see it really going either way, but I'm going to go Ole Miss. Okay. War damn eagle. I'm going to go with Auburn. Yeah, I think this is a, a close game. I think this – we've talked about, like, the litmus test for Corral to be QB1. Yeah. I think this is a sneaky one. I think if he's able to dominate against Auburn, who they, – they don't have a great defense per se, but they don't have a, a bad defense either. I'm going to take Corral to do that, though, uh, and I'm going to take Holmes here. All right, Texas versus Baylor. Baylor is two-and-a-half-point home favorites, which is kind of – I wouldn't say shocking with what we've seen out of Texas, but uh, it's it's always weird to see Baylor favorited. Uh, I will I will go first in this one. I th- I think I'm going to take Texas. Actually, um, I know that uh, Baylor's one of those teams that I think they're good, but we we've talked about fake teams. I think they're one of them as well. Jeff, you taking? I'm going to take. Golly, I really want to take Baylor. Texas is just so juicy as two and a half point underdogs. And again, I agree with you on Baylor being fake good. And I'm going to take Texas just because I think that they they're due to put it together for a win. Kevin. 
Yeah. So I was going to take Texas, but then you both took Texas. So I'm going to take Baylor and I'm going to, I'm giving a shout out to Dave Aranda there. Uh, you know, as we know, uh, for what he's done there, but he's the head coach of Baylor. He's turned that thing around. I know Matt, you know, we know Matt rules there, but I, I do think that he's turned that thing around to where they're, they're playing well. I know the LSU job just opened up. So it'll be interesting. That's a name to think of, uh, you know, but he's got him playing very well there. I just, you know, for me with Texas is, do they have a good quarterback? Because they really don't. Uh, Casey Thompson, those guys there, Hudson Carr, we've seen. I think Robinson obviously is that guy. But I'm going to go Baylor just because, you know, you pick the other way. So that's how I pick sometimes. That's why I'm last in this this game. (laughs) It's only one game. We're all pretty close now, which is fine. Getting tighter. Um, I've fallen off the last couple weeks. Yeah. All right. Next game, Miami versus Pitt. Pitt is 11-point home favorites. Kevin, you go first. I'm going to take Pitt in this game. Miami's playing better, but I still think Pitt's a better team. Yeah. I'm going to take Miami. I think coming off the emotion of, you know, despite Clemson being struggling, I think that was still an emotional game. And I'll, so I'll take Miami to keep it closer than 11 and a half or 11. I like the, the logic. And I already said my nice thing about Miami. So I am not obligated to say anything <laughs> else nice. Uh, Brett, I'm sorry. So I'm going to take Pitt. Uh, shout out. Uh, Mel Kuyper uh, here. Uh, Mel Kuyper has Kenny Pickett as his QB1 right now and probably will throughout the whole draft process because once he announces his QB1, it really never changes. So uh, go watch QB1, I guess, if you want. Uh, Last game, Fresno State at San Diego State. San Diego State is one-point home favorites, which makes some sense, I guess. But uh, Jeff, who are you taking on this game? Um, I'll go San Diego State because I feel like I know where Kevin's gonna go, so I'll just make it fun. <laughs> hey, come on! Like what I would say is this: like they're home favorites, but they're actually playing at the StubHub Arena, which is in LA, uh, because they don't have a stadium right now. So I will say Fresno State fans are gonna travel because I know a lot of guys going down there. I think that they have the best offense. San Diego State's offense is trash. So as long as they can score points, I think they win this game. Uh, but their defense is good. San Diego State's got tough defense, but I, I expect Fresno to win. After that big win against Nevada. Uh, I do want it to be known that I was going Fresno either way. So I'm glad you guys split. Uh, I, I think what Fresno has done this year has been incredibly impressive. Um, it's yeah, just They didn't choke against Hawaii. I know. I know. That's that's the unfortunate part. But I, I do think they, they – well, they'll have to win. Or they, can, they can't they can tie. That is not possible. No. Uh, so they'll have to win. <laughs> I'll take them. And that'll do All it. Right. Let's play some poker. So the rules of the game are simple. We're going to toss three cards in the river. We're going to play poker, and we're just going to talk to you guys about some guys that we like. And, you know, we've been hitting on these guys all year. You really should listen to us. We actually are kind of smart, even though we're all pretty ugly. Uh, we, we do have ability. We know Debbie really well. Uh, you know, Jeff's the best on Twitter. That dude just buying followers like crazy. Uh, and then so when we go through here, let's go over these guys, and uh, we're going to talk about these Debbie stars, why we play poker. So, Christian, why don't you go, go ahead and give us your guy and let, let us know what you got. First, I need to make sure that we can see the cards. Uh, there we go. Big, big producer things happening over here. Uh, <laughs> my first, uh, my first star this or the the star this week for me is Kenneth Walker. Uh, I talked about how I think that Kenneth Walker is going to have a decent game. Michigan State has the recipe to win. That Michigan has a really good run defense, but this is kind of going to be, in my opinion, the statement game for Kenneth Walker. Some people have him as RB1. Some people have him as far and away RB1 right now. Uh, I think that this is the game where he either proves that or he falls flat on his face, and I would bet on him to prove that against probably the best run defense he's faced this year, uh, which is why I went with him as like a kind of a contrarian pick, I guess. All right, so we've got a jack of hearts, a three of spades, and a nine of hearts thrown out. And Christian is going to flip up a nine of diamonds. So my guy, we've talked about a little bit already. I'm going to go with CJ Stroud. This game is really going to fall on him. If he continues to progress like what he's shown in the last couple of weeks, I don't think there's any way Penn State keeps this game close. I think he's, he's primed. I don't just don't see Clifford being able to match him score for score with all the talent that's around him. But if he falls apart, if it's early in the season, this could be a little bit more uncomfortable than what you'd like to see. So he's the guy that has to step up, and he's going to be my star of the week. And I have a 10 of hearts. 
Yeah, uh, Christian pulled up a queen of diamonds. I don't know why you said nine of diamonds. Uh, I yeah. feel like uh, you have you oh. have dyslexia. Are you okay, Jeff? All right, so uh, my. <laughs> <laughs> all right our next one my guy started the week is matt corral but that for reason that you know christian brought up about how this is a big game for him uh, can he step up and keep this train going and will he be qb1 of this class so i am watching this game i think that defense is legitimate like i think auburn can play so we'll be interested to see what he can do and if he can keep this momentum going kevin, got kevin of clubs yeah that's great that's because i made fun of you all right uh let's go over sleepers what do you got christian yeah, I actually yeah, I forgot that I put him in here when I was talking about him earlier, so I kind of uh, spoiled it. But Jakari Ro- Robertson, geez, that was rough. Uh, so debatably, though, the wide receiver 1B on this team, they, they've got a couple of decent receivers there, but he's one of them. Uh, he's averaging 17 yards per catch over five receptions per game, and he gets Duke this week, and Duke is one of the worst pass defenses in the entire nation. They rank 118th out of 130 qualifying teams uh and so i think that this is the game that wake forest kind of gives reason for jeff's uh intrigue and jaquari robinson is a part of that robertson Ooh, hey. a three two pairs so three of hearts so my guy is going to be xavier hutchinson from iowa state and last week he had the quite very questionable penalty that was called to take a touchdown off the board he still was able to score two touchdowns he's a guy that it seems like iowa state is starting to round into form a little bit from where they were early in the season he disappeared in the two losses that they've had so far this season but he's been come up huge in some of their big games west virginia isn't exactly a big game, but they're going to be riding some emotion coming off of the win against Oklahoma State last week. They've still got Oklahoma on their schedule, and he's going to be a key guy for them going forward. And it does seem like he's started to step forward, you know, kind of what we expected out of this year and and saw as a senior wide receiver, six foot three guy, fun guy, um, an ace of spades. I got nothing. Yeah, that was a kind of a slight delay. I thought you were lying to me. All right, now, uh, the guy that I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with this kid that I've liked for a long time, Jalen Knighton from uh, Miami. And I actually drafted him over the Miami guys and uh, in, a, in my Fantrax League uh, with all the big guys uh, that are in there. And I'm a big believer in him. He got in trouble at the beginning of the year, so he didn't play. He got suspended from the team, it seemed like. Seems like he's matured, hopefully. And the last two games, he's really produced. He's had 92 yards rushing against UNC and two touchdowns. He also had another touchdown through the air. He had 73 yards receiving there, uh, long of 60. He's explosive. He's small, so he's my type of running back, as Jeff would say. Uh, you know, 83 yards there. I mean, he's you know he's, he's 5'10", 190. I know I like the small guys. Uh, you know, but his reception is PPR. He has it. You know, he has eight receptions here for 156 yards and two touchdowns. So he's really only played in two and a half games. So you've seen that. He's explosive. He's that lead back right now because of injuries. So I think he's a plug and play, especially if you're in a CTC league. But keep an eye on this kid. He's explosive. I think he can maybe win that job next year. He's on the team of death, by the way, Kevin. So, oh, God. You know. Three of clubs. Oh, we have two threes, but Christian wins it on the Queen of Diamonds. So he won. Christian won again. Congratulations. Christian won the show. And so we could play. I'm putting it on now. Sorry. I'm excited. Already. I mean, we can do a little bit of uh, blackjack <laughs> for posterity's sake. And I don't know that any of us probably have questions to ask. So. I have some Halloween trivia questions. I do. Ooh, you Halloween trivia questions. That's exciting. I'm in the, I'm in the mood. Oh, 21. Okay. 21. So it's Christian's show. It doesn't matter. Christian wins all three games. That allows him the opportunity for a little bit of FaceTime. Wait, wait, wait. Can I ask a question, though? I want to ask one. Yes, absolutely. I'd love to have a Halloween. Question. Where is the world's longest haunted house? Probably in Michigan somewhere. I don't know. Come on. It's in Ohio. That's why okay. I picked this question. There we go. Is it Sandusky? <laughs> no, no, it's it's the Haunted Cave in Lewisburg. Okay. You guys okay. ever been there? Okay. No. No. It's thirty five hundred feet long and eighty feet underground, and it's a it's a haunted house. Apparently, that sounds terrifying. I'm I'm good on that. I, I thought probably, in Ohio you guys would be never mind. You know. Oh, and also We're you know about- what? They make thirty five million pounds of candy corn because candy corn is the one hundred and one of Halloween candy. Just want to point that out. Go ahead, Christian. That's a wild take, man. Sorry, I'm I'm a big uh, Reese's guy though, like like, like some Reese's. But um, 
Oh yeah, I get I get FaceTime. Um, so I forgot what I wanted to talk about, but um, you know, let's not worry about the bad football games from last weekend. Let's look forward to what should be a great NFL slate this weekend. A lot of good football. I, I talked last week about getting rid of uh, or kind of devoting some time to your family this weekend. I would say stay glued to your TV. It's going to be a great weekend of football. Uh, I am excited. I'm, I'm going to be diving into some NFL draft stuff. So I guess I can take this to, to do a little personal thing. I, I will be hard, hard diving into uh, basically every position in the 2022 NFL draft here in the next like week or so. I'm going to sit down with, with a lot of the film and start to give some takes. So if I haven't been as active on Twitter, uh, I will be. I will be annoying again, so I'm sorry. Uh, but it won't be hot takey. It'll be some actual analysis. So if you guys are looking for, if your NFL team needs, you know, some defensive tackles and you can't get that on your Debbie podcast because we don't even really talk about defensive tackles too much here, uh, hit up my Twitter, at CWilliamsNFL. I'll have some some takes there. So I don't have much to say. So. Yeah, and no bullshit. You know, Christian knows what he's talking about when it comes to that stuff. I don't know anything about defensive players. I just say, yeah, he tackled them hard. All right, so let's go over this. Uh, next week, November 2nd, we'll be on at 9.30 Eastern. Hopefully celebrating a Michigan win. If not, I won't be here. Until then, I'm Kevin Coleman at the boys underscore 22. I'm Jeff Bell at For Whom J. Bell Tolls. And I'm Christian Williams at C. Williams NFL. And this is the Debbie Royale.